Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it takes two people to run a concert. One backstage and one out front. Two. One man alone cannot do this. Wayne, you will run the backstage team. Milton, you are the liaison between Wayne's backstage team and Garth's front stage team, which includes myself in the booth. To the left and the right of the stage are the machine gun nests, belt-fed M60 Brownings. Now, these babies tend to heat up, so shoot in three-second bursts. In the event of capture, I will personally distribute cyanide capsules to be placed under the tongue like so. Any questions? Uh, yeah, I have a question. When did you turn into a nut bar? MLPP 41 Series 5 Who's that? Over there, looking deep into my eyes
Oh, it's no one. Yep, nihilism is poorly boy today. Uh, so it's just me you've got a talking shit. So that that's good, isn't it? Not the start to season five we wanted particularly, but here we are. Haven't done the random record this time. Um, I've fulfilled a promise to uh, my mate Joe Atom and plugged uh, the McCracken's live album, which is called Eggs Alive in Italy, um, and it's out on Council Pop Records. He's got five copies left, I think he said. They're the only UK distro, so I'm led to believe with it. So if you go on Bandcamp, find Council Pop Records, um, you can purchase yourself a copy of that album. That was the track, Shut Your Mouth. Uh, It's quite fortuitous that that was the um, album he wanted me to plug, because as gigs are slowly but surely coming back, we have got... For you this week a live music special so um strap yourselves in uh we've got live recordings of some of your and mine uh favorite bands and uh, particular favorite live cuts we've also got ollie ward and dave hindmarsh coming in for a chat shortly um ollie is the the main the main man uh from till the wheels.com uh, and he promotes down in that London. And Dave Hindmarsh is uh, Geordie Dave. I'll refer to him as uh, throughout. That's what we call him down at the Hairy Dog. Uh, he's uh, the head honcho at Breakout Promotion. So I do trust you all well. In Spondent, it's about a zillion degrees. Uh, it's been my daughter's, it's been Gil Kid's birthday today. So it's been fucking mental all around here. Hot as fuck. So, right. So. Now we are going to um, jump into a bit bit of a medley of live tracks, which some of you have chosen. Uh, I requested your input uh, on on Facebook about what's your favourite live album, uh, and you didn't disappoint me. We have got, uh, right now, um, we've got some tracks from the Ramones and two tracks from the Queers back to back so we're going to go um with commando from ramones it's alive and uh i think it's you're tripping and months and uh, i live this life from the queers live in west hollywood a couple of people quested the ramones mark l dotrell your friend of mine from our suburbia episode mark l williamson regular contributor to both the big book of bullshit and sort of general podcast goings on ricky d from the price dufkers uh he mentioned the queers live in west hollywood so we've got two tracks from that hope you enjoy them come back and have a bit more of a chat with myself after
All right, then, that was uh, The Queers and The Ramones. Uh, you, you will have heard there from It's Alive and Live in West Hollywood, respectively. We're going to cruise over to the uh, interview slash chat with Ollie and Dave now. Um, the first track, I've asked them both to select two live cuts uh, that are their favourite. Dave has uh, obliged, and we're going to go with um, his Coxbarrow choice. Uh, Riot Squad from their live album back home um, and then we're going to have a chat with the boys ollie and dave about promoting gigs what it's been like through the pandemic and what they've got planned moving forward your big book of bullshit questions have been quite a <laughs> gossipy so we'll deal with them we'll listen to cox Barra, we'll dive into the interview and i'll have a quick catch up with you afterwards
Right, boys. So usually have Niall with me. He's poorly today. So I'll go all soon, Niall. Yeah. Um alcohol abuse or just poorly. He he doesn't drink anymore. He's packed it in. He's genuinely poorly, I think. Right, got Dave. And I said in my little pre-recorded intro that I am going to refer to you as Geordie Dave sometimes. So Yeah, I was actually gonna I was gonna say something to me. Yeah, yeah. If that slips out, that's why. And you'll hear from his accent why. And then we've also got uh Ollie from uh tillthewheels.com. Yeah. And other promote stuff. And obviously Dave, uh Geordie Dave, he runs breakout promotions. Um, with agents in both Derby and Berlin. That's right, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got a team of um five of us now. Um four three in three are in Berlin and one's in Bochum at the moment. And we oh, are nice. branching out to a new album. So we have promoters and in, in little network now in Essen at Don't Panic, Monkeys in Hamburg, World at Heart in Berlin, a couple in Castle. Um, and we work quite well with the contract contract crew in Dresden, and also the um, Sunny Bastards crew um, in Essen as well. Fucking what a Teutonic vibe that's got! So, lads, you both—I don't want to say own, run—and I was going to say businesses. They're not businesses. You put gigs on to a higher standard than perhaps. I would put gigs on. I'm a keen amateur. You're extremely keen amateurs. What, what what was your first gig that you did where you thought, I'm a promoter now? This is what I do. Let's start with Ollie. Well, I think the first time I thought that, I was probably like pretty misguided. But like the first <laughs> show I put on was... Um... Like it was epic for my hometown at the time. It was uh, Goober Patrol, Vanilla Pod, Pez, who used to be on BYO Records from uh, Memphis. Um, then, like from like the Norfolk area, um, like uh, Project Mork, Semtex. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember. It's like Bleed Thirteen. Uh, Brutal Abortion and uh, Fall Down Laughing. I think that's the whole old day. Um, Very well remembered. That was, yeah, man. Like, for me, I was like, what? That's like, I was 16, you know? So I was just like, pow. Um, And then I didn't do anything for a year. (laughs) And then I started running, like, kind of more normal shows and then kind of built up to all days again. And, yeah, so I think, yeah, just from the word go, I was like, this is something I haven't done before and I don't see like many people around the area doing it. I think we had the Vanilla Pod guys ran some shows, Revelation guys ran some shows. Um, this is Kings Lynn in Norfolk. I was going to ask, yeah, where, where is the old, the old hometown? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. So yeah. West Norfolk. Um, yeah. And that was like 20 years ago, but that was, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, this is a cool party. I'm doing something. It's great. Nice. So, yeah. uh, D- Dave, been at uh, it a touch longer, I'm sure. Um, I suppose kind of initially, um, when I was back home in, in my the town I grew up in, in Ashington, um, I was in strike 84, 85 in the minor strike. And 
uh, we had a music collective in Ashton going along and we put lots of gigs on. Uh, Martin Stevenson, the Dainties, I seem to remember playing. Hurrah, I seem to remember playing. Um, and just bands that we were in. Um, just to raise money for us, being on strike and and things like that, uh, minus support groups. And then I didn't, that was just fun uh, with a group of lads, a group of mates. And then when I moved to Derby in 1989, I went to a lot of gigs. Um, I spent a bit of time working abroad, so I kind of got out of it. But I discovered the Vic um, in the late 90s and went to see a lot of bands and suddenly thought, you know what, I can do this. Um, I want to put bands on, and purely was to put bands on that I like and that I wanted to see because nobody else was doing it. Um, the one drunken night in Northampton, I went to see Red Alert and I got chatting to uh, Chris and, and Gaz from Red Alert at the time. Um, Steve and, and Gaz from Red Alert at the time. And I said, do you fancy playing a gig in Derby? Um, so we booked them at the Vic. I actually didn't do that gig because I was working um, in Egypt at a coal mine. Um, so friends of mine put it on and it was a glorious disaster. I think we had about 10 people in. Um, I remember kind of going to the, the Vic two days before I actually went abroad, went away to work and giving them a, a, an envelope of £300 saying, just in case nobody turns up. And yeah, I didn't see any of the money back. Uh, I lost a lot of it. And then just kind of put more gigs on from there. Uh, I mean, basically, what I did, and it was kind of, how could I didn't know about the promoting game? I basically, um, a girl called Rebecca had a website called Punk on Your UK. And her email yeah. addresses and bands. And I literally just went through ABC saying, do you fancy playing that? Oh, they sound good. Do you fancy playing the Vic and Derby? They sound good. Do you fancy playing the Vic and Derby? And that's how I built it up. And I, um, with the audacity of not knowing how big bands were at the time, I actually emailed Cropsborough asking if they fancy playing the gig at the Vic. Um, I never got a reply, but obviously I'll come back to that later after you play the, the track and the reason why I, I put that track on. But I suppose the big the big one where I thought, bloody hell, I'm a promoter, was when I did the Stiff Little Fingers Goldblade Guitar Gangster show at the semi-rooms in Derby in 2005. I've been kind of practising and playing for about six years till that date. And then that was suddenly, this is a show, this is a proper big gig. Uh, and I put yeah. them on the air later at the at first floor, which was a disaster um, and other, for other reasons. But the semi rooms gig went went really really well. The band loved it, and I suddenly thought, "Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of promoter now." Um, so that's, that's when I kind of thought about this. That's a big step for those that don't know. The assembly rooms in Derby it hasn't burnt down. It had a fire, and it smells a bit car. like smoke now. But they want to build a new one anyway. But it's a big old council-owned venue, and that's no small. Small undertaking, is it? Booking a gig there. I bet the paperwork was fucking ridiculous. Well, yeah. Well, stupidly, I um, I left the um, the paperwork running to and to a certain person that ran the, the Vic at the time. I won't mention any names. And um, him and another person that ran the Vic at the, at the same time. And we actually worked out the Darwin Street five hundred capacity. We sold it out six weeks in advance and we lost 50 quid on it because of all the council charges for security and VAT and 
and ticket prices and um, commission on tickets and booking fees and credit card booking fees and all sorts of things. So, yeah, it was a big learning curve. Better off having it down the Vic, I think. Ollie, yeah. where, 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 where do you tend to operate out of as a rule? Um, yeah, I mean, at the moment, I, I live in Newcross. So I use the Newcross Inn and the Amersham Arms. Um, but I've been around here for about 10 years now. So, yeah, around here we've had the Montague and the DOI Space for London, Bird's Nest. And, yeah, and we just kind of – I try and keep it local. It's just – I think it's, like, cool to, like, bring up the area, you know? Yeah, I mean, obviously Dave and I live in Derby. I mean, it must be a completely different animal promoting in London because, um, <clears throat> you know – Bands will play our London show mm. and people will go, but we have a problem in the Midlands. You know, we'll have someone on a Tuesday and then they'll be in Leicester at the weekend. Yeah. So you've got no these, one comes. these kind of similar sized cities all yeah, yeah. Like, together. So you can't, there isn't like a way to like centralize the population into like one area because you've got all these competing city centers. Yeah, and that's stuff you've really got to consider, isn't it? And um, I think that's, I think it's interesting how promoters have to have like a kind of geographical understanding of their area to kind of make stuff work, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we live like on New Cross Road. So there's just like bars and venues and it's, yes, yeah, it, I guess. Yeah, because you've got a concentrated crowd. This is like a huge population to yeah, pull yeah. from. You know, it's um, it's a whole different, yeah, it's a different kind of thing, I suppose, yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, th- there is some onus on promoters for their own benefit to speak to one another about who <laughs> they've got yeah. on. Because I'm from Nuneaton in Warwickshire, mm. um, and, and I remember there was, it seems mad now, but there was two... I, I literally just came from a Shackleford gig. Yeah, they're my mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're from. I'm going to say, why aren't you at the spoilers? <laughs> yeah, no, it finished like half an hour before. Oh, yeah, started. it was a matinee, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just walked, uh, just walked home. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but there was two venues, and one had, I think, bad manners on, and then mm. the other one had the beat on, like <laughs> on the same day. And you're yeah. like, well, and done that. If- yeah, that's really uh, that's really frustrating. <laughs> I wanted to go both, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I went bad manners in the end for me since. Right, um, okay. <laughs> Lip up, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did meet Buster Blood Vessel, right? This is yeah. a good story. And he was super sound. He'd lost all his weight. Yeah. And we, we had a chat outside. And he was asking me about my band. And I said, I will play in here next week, actually. And uh, he only fucking turned up the next week. Oh, good old boy. Through. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fucking fair one. Fair yeah, one. Son. Get on him. Get on him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we did a show with him in, um, in Spain last year when I was tour manager at Buster Shuffle. We played this big venue in, in Barcelona with a, 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 they were kind of, we were the first band, they were the middle band. Um, and he was there, he was sound, I had a good crack backstage when this this Catalonian scar band just had 2,000 people bouncing away and it was like, it was a mad night, but yeah, 
Keep it nice, bloke. Yeah, cool. Good egg. Right, Dave, we would have, before we started talking, people have heard Coxsparrow uh, doing Riot Squad uh, from their live album, which I forgot what it's called, Back Home? Back, back Home, yeah. Back what, home is... what, what prompted that choice? I prompted that choice. As I said, initially, um, we talked about um, me going through the ABC list and, and the punk and I site. And never got a message back, obviously, from Cogsparrow in 1999. Um, uh, I'm trying to think the date. It was 2016? Yeah, 2016, December. I was um, I was in Pog's room in Norway. Uh, okay. Again, tour manager, Buster Shuffle. And um, I got a text message from Darren Russell of Rebellion, uh, Rebellion Music Festivals basically saying um, how much, what is the capacity of the hairy dog? And sent a message back saying 450 people. He said, right, thanks, mate. Sound. And I just thought nothing of it. I just thought, yeah, maybe he wants to put a little rebellion on there or, or something daft like that. Um, a couple of days later, I was actually, when I was still teaching um, in the school, I got a, a missed call. A couple of missed calls when I was teaching. And I texted on my back. And I said, um, blah, 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 blah. Um, I've got a missed call from you. Who's this? And he says, and the message back says, if this, if this is, is Johnny Dave's phone, it's Daryl from Coxborough. If it's not, it's a, it's a VAT fraud or something like that, something daft like that. It was a ring. And I've known, I've got to know the guys quite well from the, the touring circuit in Germany when I've been working in, in touring with other bands, with other bands. Um, and I put the Barcelona Preachers on several times, who was um, Daryl's, um, Colin's son in, in the band. And he basically, Daryl's basically said, uh, Coxborough are doing a small UK tour in next year. We've heard good stories about the Hairy Dog. I played the Hairy Dog and Argy Bargy a few times. Um, what you're the first person on the list, do you want the gig? And I said, yeah, but how can I afford it? I know how much money you, you go for. He said, it's a door deal. Um, 20 pound a ticket, door deal. Uh, don't announce it yet until to allow to. And that's that track, um, Ride Squad, is the song that they come on stage to. And just remember that night of the hairy dog, um, when they put it, when they came on stage after the, 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 the forever uh, intro and just kicking into that, I thought, bloody hell, after all these years, after that little email in 1999 as this kind of first time promoter suddenly I've actually got Cogsborough playing the hairy dog um, and it was it was just a fantastic night um, at the end of the night I mean we announced the gig we sold the gig out in 12 hours and um, from half past eight at night by the time I got up to work the next morning it was sold out um, at the end of the night he was basically counting the money and he said yes 500 quid and I went what's that for he says well, promoting the gig I said all I did was put the advert up in the ticket link he said <laughs> don't care easiest 500 squid you've ever made you, you've 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 had the you've had the, the the bollocks to do it we didn't know what we'd do and uh, we never toured the UK for years and years and years thank you very much fucking well don't rub that in because I was under the mistaken impression that I couldn't go to that gig and then it emerged that I could have actually gone um, so yeah I was pretty Pretty peeved. Right, let's let's visit. Around, I couldn't go because he didn't have a ticket. 
Um, this is what annoyed me. I didn't get tickets because I thought it was my mum's 60th birthday surprise party. Yeah. And then you were like, Tom, do you want a ticket? And I was like, I can't, Dave. It's my mum's 60th birthday. Paul from The Hairy Dog was like, I keep some tickets back for regulars. Do you want a ticket? And I says, I can't, Paul. To my mum's. But then it merged that was on the Friday, not the Saturday. So Yeah, because I, I, I made sure that I only put 350 tickets on um, on the ticket link, I kept a hundred tickets back because I was there was no way I was going to let the people that support the Harry Dog in my gigs week in week out that weren't going to get into that show. Well, both of you thought of me, and I'm very grateful, and I just feel like a fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> it was a good night. <laughs> so I gather, yeah, right. So Dickie Watson from Off Shackleford. So Ollie's fresh from seeing yeah. his sweet guitar licks. He wants to know, what's the most surprising thing that you've discovered backstage after a gig? You don't have to mention names. What's the most surprising object that a band has left behind? Guitars. <laughs> Several times. Guitars. Yeah. That, it's pretty crazy if someone leaves like thousands of pounds worth of merch and gear and just drives off. That's pretty intense. Um, I mean, it's fine. You know, you work it out with Punk Post or whatever. But, um, I mean, I've, I don't know, one time I was in my buddy's van and they had like a toilet for shitting in in the van. It was like you took the cushion off the seat and there was like a bucket. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say which band. (laughs) You guys probably totally know them. Um, Yeah. How do you need a shit that much? Dude, they, they, that was, I mean, they had long drives, to be fair. They were like, you know, those bands are just like smash Europe, like twice a year. Yeah, like, but they have service stations. Just Yeah, they do. I, uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've been on tours around mainland Europe. Yeah, you've got a service station. Sometimes the toilets aren't unlocked or the toilets are locked. And um, and everyone's done the business down the back or whatever. And these guys dump their buckets, dump the bucket, like at places like that before they go into the city because you can't turn up at the gig. I'm not, I'm not going down this road, man. Uh, you can't I'm, turn up to a gig stinking a shite. No, with a with a bucket and ask like where to, where do I empty my bucket? Like, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> It puts out, a, like, it totally puts out, sends out a message. Fucking hell. If it's the first time you meet in a band and they're asking you where to empty my bucket. We barely had fucking seats in our van, we're not, let alone a, a shithole. I mean, it, to be fair, it was just a bucket. It, like, I mean, I could have made that. It wasn't like someone's... That was That surprised me anyway. That, that surprised me. It wasn't a van alteration masterclass then. It was just a bucket. Full yeah, of the seat, just they just unscrewed it, I guess, or they broke it off, lifted up, and there's a bucket. Simple. <laughs> Dave, anything good being left behind at the hairy dog? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, in the lucky position that I just paid the band and bugger off home, and I never came to death, mainly for the for the loadout. I've done so many loadouts when I'm tour manager, and I just let them get on with it. Here's your money. Have a beer. I'm off. Um, 
I've been, we've taken things before. Um, we did a show in Amsterdam and we were um, driving around the, the wonderful Antwerp in the middle of the night to have a phone call saying, you don't have our keyboards in the back of your van, do you? Uh, no. Checked, stopped the service station. Open the, yeah, actually, we did load your keyboards out in the van. <laughs> we're really sorry about that. Uh, can you post it to us in Croatia? But yeah, so we have taken a lot of people's stuff Keyboard's before. Keyboards like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had somebody that was working with a band that hadn't worked with before, and he saw that one we had a keyboard in the band. So when there was a keyboard this side of the stage, we took it and put it in the back of the van. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> What's uh, was there a reason you would have accidentally took a keyboard? Well, fuck me, Ollie. <laughs> It's your turn to choose a song. Have you uh, managed to select anything? Yeah, I'm just. I mean, like, I'm. I'm really pulling this out of my ass. But, That's fine. Uh, I'm gonna write it down. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I because you guys are talking about the hairy doglos. I'm gonna. I'm kind of thinking of a time. Oh uh, yeah, I was just checking. Did Bouncing Souls do a live album? Yeah, Bouncing Souls live. So I'm gonna take True Believers, I guess, um, from the Bouncing Souls live album because. I think it was the last time I played the Hairy Dog. Um, we were touring with the Bouncing Souls. And oh, was it that Morgan, fucking gig, man? I was at that gig yeah. as well. No, yeah. Um, I think I said hi to you, Dave, because yeah. I remember I you from another tour. And, yeah, and I was saying hi. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, we had a car crash that morning. I wasn't in the car, but it was like the band. So Giles and Bob were in the car with our buddy. And um, and the night before, like we didn't have much sleep. We're getting fucked up in my buddy's squat in Leeds, and uh, yeah, totally. This guy just cleared the front of this car, and then the rest of the day we were just like trying to support Bob in dealing with insurance people and trying to get a replacement car and stuff. Um, and we ended up, yeah, getting dropped off. Our buddy dropped us off in Derby, and we went and played that show with the Bands of Souls. And it was really cool. So I'm just picking true believers because we we are the true believers. Um, <laughs> and, uh, We're going to listen to that and yeah. then we'll come back and talk some more. Cool. This goes out to you. True believers.
Right, so that was True Believers from Bouncing Souls Live, as picked by Ollie Ward from Off Till the Wheels. Uh, what a choice. That Bouncing Souls gig in Derby was, for me, that, sorry, Ollie, we keep talking about Derby. But <laughs> that was like, that was, uh, there was about a week, weren't there, Dave? And I was joking that they needed to make me a bed up in there because there was Bouncing Souls, Snuff, Leftover Crack, Street Dogs were supposed to play. Yeah. Another night, but pulled out, and it was just this mad week, and it was fucking brilliant. Was it like around Rebellion Festival? Or like yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But mm. it was like I was like I booked the week off work. It was like my own Rebellion Festival, except I got to sleep in my own house. It was fucking brilliant. <clears throat> it was fucking brilliant. So yeah, you know, if you'd said to me when I was fifteen, you're going to live a bus ride away from a bouncing souls gig in the future. Yeah. I'd have laughed in your fucking face. Uh, <laughs> but there I, I we all think, were. I think they played the Vic. Yeah, I think that was yeah, before probably. my time in Derby. But yeah, I think yeah. they did. Think yeah, they I know the likes of um, and them and, and um, Sponge and all them kind of stuff, when they were about to, before they played Rock City, they were paying, they were packing out the, the, the Vic. Yeah. So, definitely, yeah, definitely. I, I I remember, you know, so I'm from Kings Lynn. It's not that far from Derby. So we used to get flyers for the Vic all the time, like the shows. Yeah. And I'm talking like sort of 99 to maybe like 2000 and 2003 or something. Glory yeah. Day. Yeah, um, I mean, that's what, that's what I was promoting there as well. I was promoting from 99 up to about 2006, 2007. Yeah. And I thought... They sold, they sold the Vic to people that I didn't particularly like. And I thought, great, I've got out of the promotion game. I'll actually be able to spend some money on the house or spend some money on holidays. And I went to a psychobilly gig at the Old Bell. Got tapped on the shoulder by the then owner, Paul, who said, are you Jody Dave? I hear you've got some good contacts in the punk and scar scene. Will you manage promoting gigs for me, please? Back in. And it all started up again. And... I'm still here. I'm going from the old belt to the hairy dog and all around the country. So we were talking about, we had a bit of a brief chat about guest list and how it's, it, well, it's a social social minefield, isn't it? Like you say, everyone thinks they should be on the guest list, but yeah. you as promoters have to draw that line. And, and does that piss bands off ever? There seems to be bands now, they don't want guest lists. It's, yeah. you, you don't mind if they're semi-professional bands that actually fill in um, a tour sheet or you or request a tour sheet so you can actually tell them beforehand how many guest list spaces there are. It kind of gets annoying when they give you six names at the beginning of the night and then you can see them getting phone calls and then suddenly six has gone to eight, it's gone to 10, gone to 12, gone to 15 because that, that mates are around. Uh, you don't mind the odd person who's absolutely skint and you know it kind of goes to the gigs regularly. You don't mind letting those people in. Um, it's just the ones that suddenly uh, try to sneak people in where suddenly you kind of got somebody carrying a cymbal stand and a snare stand and a drum seat and a, and a guitar and a guitar stand. That's suddenly kind of it's like the band and the in the pipe paper, the the band or the pipe paper with all the people following the gears, and then they just suddenly stick stick in the back room 
and don't leave until you go around saying, can I get some of you? I'm the guest and speak to the band. So if, it's, if it's thought out in advance, not a problem. If it's surprised in the night, more of a problem. Ollie, any, any guest list mishaps? Who, me? Yeah. I mean, because I've done loads of like work for like other venues as literally the door guy or yeah. like the cloakroom guy or whatever. So, but I'm also, you know, I run my own shows and also play in bands. So I'm all over the place with the guest list thing. And sometimes, you know, so yeah, sometimes it's just like it's sold out and it's just like Buddy will just like flag me into something. I think it's been, um, different because of the seating stuff i was just a seated gig you know it's um i think everyone's just like i think everyone's really dealing with that really well um as far as guess this goes i suppose you know i'm always kind of like is someone here to like do a job or is someone like helping and there's so many places so many ways people can help out with stuff did someone design a flyer did someone is like let a band stay at their house to someone, you know, help carry the rider, you know, just all these little things. And I think that's cool like, in terms of a community sense. You can like, because if you've got people like making things bigger and better and easier, then it's just really cool for the community. It means people are involved and it means that the bands are getting properly looked after. And I suppose it depends what happens you've got on really so as a promoter if the bands look at getting looked after and they've got the money coming in then yeah it's cool yeah um, happy days you know i suppose you're working on 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 margins aren't you mm-hmm. the band comes says this is what we want and that's your that's your red line oh yeah totally and you know that's kind of part of the that's part of the deal isn't it if a band's you know, in their contract that said they need, you know, 10 guesses, 20 guesses, then it's just the contract, you know? And, you know, it kind of guesses the situation for me as well, they kind of think, well, if I've broken even, yeah, not a problem. And if I'm going to lose a shitload, what's the problem? Four or five people getting the guesses, I'm, I'm not going to get anywhere near the guarantee anyway. So, you know, that 20 quid is just 20 quid out of my pocket. So I'm going to lose about 300 quid on it anyway. So, whatever. yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather have. And I've done it in the past before, where ticket sales haven't haven't sold sold anything. Uh, I've paid for the band's accommodation. I've sent the band. Look, I'm making it a free night. If you if you take a hundred quid or a couple of hundred quid, and I've done it that way, and mm-hmm. I've had a few people in foot from the door and just come in and, and had a really good night. And the the band are playing to people because that's more important to me. I've lost the shed load, but I'd rather have the band have a good time and people watch the band. I think, you, you know, your reputation is currency, isn't it? Yeah. So if a band's had a bad time with you, um, you've not only lost the money, but you've also lost, you know, yeah. potentially, I'm not saying, you know, people, you know, know each other and, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, it's just good to just keep and Yeah. Just keep it posy, you know? You're the party thrower, you know? Yeah. It's got to be a vibe. You know, sometimes things are amazing, and you can, you know, yeah, it's it's, it's on people's faces uh, and not even the venue. That's more important. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, just thinking about how everyone's feeling and stuff, because also like, there's probably like another like three or four people in there thinking like, 
oh, if I'd have done this or if we'd have done that, then this show would have been. So it's, I think it's good to keep like a posse head on and just like, yeah, just enjoy your night as well. You know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it works out. But, hey, it's better than watching EastEnders, you know. Yeah. And the, the only one thing I'm really kind of, not to anal on, but get kind of anal on is, is timings. I'm always making sure the bank is not whatever they want, but they will finish on time. Because I've gone to so so many gigs with so many, and this I think goes back to Thomas' question at the beginning. When did you think it was kind of almost a professional job? You've been to so many DIY, so-called DIY gigs, not like ours, where you get there at eight o'clock. The first band's due to go on at half eight, and they go on about ten o'clock, yes. and it's like one o'clock in the morning. And you think I've, I've come to see the headline, but I've come to support all the bands, but I'm going to go home now because it's just like it's just it's just chaotic. The changeovers, the, the overrunning, and all sorts of stuff. So I like um, to keep it. And Tom will back me up with this. I like to make sure if I see a gig's going to start in half eight, it'll start in half eight, and it'll finish. If if it Dave's your stage good. manager, you fucking get off when it's yeah. No, round. I mean, well, we, we the, the worst thing I've ever had to do. I used to be in a band. Um, <clears throat> when did we start? Two thousand and nine ish. So sort of mid early to mid to teens, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And we played this gig in Birmingham and it was midweek and the venue was mint and it was fucking busy. But we were, I think we were second to last on and um, loads of us had work the next day. I didn't, I booked it up. Um, and it got an hour past our stage time, two hours. And it was becoming increasingly obvious that either we weren't going to get to play or we weren't going to get to play for hardly any amount of time at all. And I, had to, I had to go to this promoter and said, look, we've got to go home. It's midnight. There's still three bands before we're on. Yeah. I said, we can't do it. We've got to be in work at like seven in the morning. Some of it's them. fucking awful, isn't it? Like what, you know, it gets to like one in the morning. What am I doing here? Like why... Yeah. Like, what's has has somebody just wasted my whole day because they've been like too nice about encores in the first band? It's like, no, actually. it made it harder. <laughs> it made it harder because the chap was the nicest, most affable person you've ever met. Too nice, but too yeah, nice. he was too yeah. nice to the early bands about yeah. their faffing around, and he was wiping tears away. one in the morning. He was wiping tears and. You know, I went over to have a go at him and say that you've... Was he you've, crying? This is your fault. It's not our fault. We've got to go. We're three hours past our stage time now. And uh, I ended up with my arm around him saying, there, there, don't worry. Yeah, because that's the thing. And it's, you know, it's a labour of love and sometimes things don't work out. And also there's a lot of kind of idealist people that have ideas of, like, how they want the show run. Yeah. And... Um, and some, you know, I mean, there's a reason I do my things the way I do them. Mainly is because it's just what I want to do. Um, but also there's a lot of like, if I don't do this, then this will happen, you know. And so I'm a bit of a motherfucker on the times. And I like to kind of offer support when I'm someone's asked me to play a show and I notice that things are like lagging behind. So, you know, I'll talk to people, see if I can help them. I see, you know, do you want a hand moving this? Um, just letting you know it's this time, so maybe you need to stop your sound check here or whatever. But not, you know, without trying to be too intrusive. But if I notice stuff, I could, you know, I can talk to the promoter. Just want, I want to make sure because 
it's actually like everyone in the room has when they walk in there they've got a mental schedule of what's going to happen yeah yeah and it and they have lives outside of the show as well you know it, i think it's yeah it's i think it's a pretty important thing to make sure the things happen on time yeah and i think that the problem is there's too many people um especially in, in derby i've noticed that will go to a show oh i can do this all you got to do is phone the band up and ask to play and suddenly they're playing their night and they're just What's going to happen? I haven't got a clue what's happening. It runs and runs and runs and runs. And runs. I remember um, way back at the Vic, um, if you anybody remembers Sig Boy Federation. No, the name. They no weren't good. They were dreadful. Um, yeah. wow. And they had a gig on the, at the Vic. Three, they organised it. They booked it, three bands. And they turned up as... They all arranged to go get there for half past five for sound check. They all got there for half past five for sound check, and all they had was guitars. Nobody brought any amps. Nobody brought any drums. No backline whatsoever. They just kind of looked. I thought you were going to. Bring, I thought you were going to. I thought, and it just like it just didn't happen because there was nothing. There's been a miscommunication. Well, no communication <laughs> at all. By the fucking sound of it, right, Dave. We need to move on to your next song, and I believe you picked "Straight to Hell." I uh, did. From off the Clash album, which one's that? From here to eternity, live. From here to eternity, because I was going to pick something uh, for myself from um, live at Shea Stadium, but I, I won't now. So what? What? We'll, I'll tell you what. Then we'll listen to that one, and then we'll come back. Oh, oh, oh. 
Dave, you chose that Clash Straight to Hell from From Here to Eternity. What prompted that particular choice? It's stuck in my head now. I've just been whistling it out there. Um, well, as you said, this is a live special. And even though I've gone to about 100 gigs a year for the last goodness of many years, The Clash and at the Mayfair in 1980 are still the best band I've ever seen live. And I was looking to see them twice, once with Top Bar and once with... Um, Terry James, <clears throat> and nothing comes close. Uh, and I didn't want to go through the obvious. Um, that many people go for White Man, which is probably the best song ever written, but I thought I'd, I go agree. The, um, I'd probably go for the less obvious choice. Um, and I think just the bass line of the intro straight to hell is amazing. And I couldn't find Bank Robber Live. Or I would have gone that route. No, I'm trying to think of Clash Live albums. I'm not sure I've ever seen it. On there. No. No. So you've had a bit of an enforced year off um, as promoters, as gig goers, and as band members. How how has that been? Uh, did you have any false starts in the last um, when when they let us out for a little bit? Yeah, I ran a gig in Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, but like I'd also started um, selling vegan chicken, doing like a vegan fried chicken pop-up um, at the Amersham down the road. Nice. Um, so I <coughs> gig. It was like I think it was sixty tickets, all seated. Really cool band called Forest Flowers. Um, they're kind of like like really kind of grimy art punk. Um, the band I was playing in in the summer, Laser Christ. Um and Mazonettes from Brighton, who were brilliant, and I'd never heard of them before. And I met the guy, I know the guy now, and uh he played in another band called Making Friends the other night, and that was great. Um, but yeah, generally for me, I've just been trying to keep my keep my nose clean, keep my head down, keep myself out of trouble. Um I've uh been booking this festival it's like 20 years since i ran that gig that i was talking about earlier so yeah till the fest in new cross 8th of 10th 8 till the 10th of october uh new cross in amish moms and matchstick pie house and it's yeah it's gonna be about 50 bands it's gonna I've be got cool. me ticket yes I've got brilliant. Me accommodation where you staying ready to rock and roll uh what's it fucking called a hostel called something to do with lewisham Okay, I don't know that one, but that's cool. Wicked, About a mile awesome. away, I think. Okay, cool. But but yeah, I'm ready to go and frown at Goober Patrol because yeah, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be so it. cool to have those guys in town, man. I love it. Sometimes like they come to London on like a Saturday and just like get drunk, or like Stu and Simon, sometimes Tim, and then sometimes Tomo as well because he lives in Stuttgart now. Yeah, yeah, but. It's they were my favourite band when I was a kid. Saw them at the Vic, supported them actually. Oh, uh, wow. I had barely any pubes at all. I was like six, seventeen. What band was that? 
uh, effervescent. What a terrible name for a band. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a teenage band name, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, not I was not in a band guilty, by the way. I wasn't in the band when they made it, but but I've tried to get them on here, and we were pretty close, and then they just sort of ghosted me. But I still love the band. And, oh, what well, Goobers uh, ghosted you? Yeah, just ignored I me. I met Goober Patrol and they ghosted me. <laughs> Should be the new T-shirt. <laughs> I fucking might do. Well, <laughs> I'm going come to come to that gig and glare at them. Yeah, yeah. And then probably get drunk and talk rubbish uh, yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah. So that gig is, that's your next big uh, project. Yeah, like I say, yeah. got my tickets. Uh, what Who we got else we got there? Spoilers, Suicide Machines. Suicide Machines, um, like we're announced, I mean, we're announcing the tour being cancelled this week, so. Oh. Um, but Lightyear, The Filaments, Barstool Preachers, um, Wrong Life, Goodbye Blue Monday, Just Say Nay. I mean, I could go on and on. I should, probably should go on and on. Um, Malloy. Um, the boys from Skiff, come on. They, they yeah, were on yeah the, for real. Yeah. They were on the pod a couple of weeks ago. The weird half I of think. Skiff. Roy and Connor. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was literally hanging out with Jordan, like just before I was hanging out with you guys. Good lad, any? Yeah, he's yeah, great. If if anyone fancies a trip down that London, which I don't do very often unless it's for work, uh, um, I've 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 easing myself back in, and then I'm going to go to London for three days and and fall yeah. all over the New Crossing. It's going to take uh, a little bit of easing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not working that Saturday because occasionally I do lecturing on a Saturday. Um, so I'll, I mean, go down to that. Oh yeah, yeah, do it. It'd be great to great to hang out in my ends, you know. Like yeah, yeah. I, know, I know that I know that John and the Fullermans very very well. I've had some really rough nights with them. Yeah, um, <laughs> fact, he's a pretty rough guy. <laughs> fact, the Fullermans when um, when Hervey was on, I uh, put them on at the um, at the hairy dog upstairs. Yeah, and for some reason they went through. For some reason they asked me for a bottle of rum. I gave them a bottle of rum. They asked for another bottle of rum. I gave them another bottle of rum. Then they went on stage and they were fucking dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> and I went and I went to see them in Sheffield the night the night after, and they all walked in because they put me on the guest list. They all walked in and they were all white. And Rough said, as fuck, no, yeah. Right. Fucking serves them right. Dave, what's your next big project? Because uh... um, yeah, I mean, kind of going back to the question you asked. Um, the year I've been, out, I did a psychobilly stage managing at Bedlam Breakout. I was driving home on the Monday morning. Got a phone call from my boss saying, "Come in the office, clear your desk. You're working from home." I've still been working from home. I got out of Germany twice for last. One of them was for last fastidious. His wedding party at Wild at Heart, which was, I felt so sorry for him because there should have been 250 people there. That was 20. Um, so I had a big gig that I was really looking forward to in June last year when I had 86 crew coming over from France. Um, that had to be postponed until probably next year. My next big gig starting again on September the 11th with Fatal, um, with Knockoff, Fatal Blow. The Chisel and Scandal, uh, plus a few more. Then following that, on the 26th of Feb, 23rd of February, Boston Preachers, Risky and the Ridicule and Riot City Radio. Um, 
The one I'm really, really looking forward to is the 29th of October, The Men They Couldn't Hang, Newtown Neurotics and Lost Fastidios. That is... Uh, I'm, that... I'm doing that in November in, in New Cross as well, Lost Fastidios. Perfect. Because Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go, that was supposed to be about a similar time last year, weren't it? Um, it was, yes. Yes. And how are the men they couldn't hang going to do it, given the sad news they've received? They're going to do it. I don't know how it's going to work, but they are going to do the gigs that they were they had booked before what happened, and they're going to honour them, and they made a decision what they're going to do moving on after that. And then, then November is the Hot Knives, um, Thacker Skanks, um, the Hacklers, and Unknown Era, a big a scar evening. Nice. One one question from the Big Book of Bullshit, because we've been talking for quite a long time, believe it or not. This has gone faster than when I have bands on. <laughs> this is from Darren Pike. He's from up your end. I think he's a Mackham, actually. Dave. Oh, dear. Yeah, I know. We like a Mackham on here. Uh, who <laughs> Don't feel obliged to answer this. Darren Pike is he's a bit of a shit stirrer. Who were the biggest prima donnas uh, that you've come across? Cuba Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> what was um, that? Well, they want them brown M and M's. There's me sitting on my bedroom floor, sorting out into bowls, and oh no, never again. <laughs> um, I won't mention the band's name. I'll mention a certain band of. Rock and roll legends, and if anyone asks me afterwards, I'll tell you. Um, rock and roll legends from Sweden, who, as part of the rider, wanted um, Jamaican plantation rum and 30 bottles of baby sham, as well as other baby sham. Yeah, baby sham. Where the fuck did you get baby sham from now? It was a fly in one off gig, and they had four crew. A ridiculous amount of stuff on the aeroplane, um, which is a shame because I really love the band. And and after that show, they had their own sound engineer and they put the sound up so loud that nobody could hear or understand what they were playing. Um, the tour manager is a good friend of probably, all he knows is the tour manager very, very well. Huh? A lad from your part of the world called Ed Boning. Oh, I know Eddie. <laughs> I know Ed very, very well. He Who was, was he tour manager. managing? Eh? Who was he tour managing? Oh, the Bones. Oh, how did you guess? <laughs> I, I just remember you saying Sweden. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Bones. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, had, I've, I've had Ed bring versus you and several bands over. I know him. I only met him first time actually with the Bones and Punk and the Soul in Berlin a number yeah. of years ago. Um, so yeah, I know Ed very, very well. But I have actually also dealt with the the a certain bass player that used to be in a a, a mod punk trio um, who was, was a bit difficult. Certain mod punk trio. Wink. Okay. From the 80s. <laughs> well, I might have some toast and jam in a minute um <laughs> before we go because it it's definitely time to go soon ollie it's your last song choice okay um hey you know i think i heard they suck live no effects was like the fucking 
that was the first time I heard a live album. Really, I didn't really. I thought I was buying a an album, and I was just like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Sticking in my eye. That's a cool song. <laughs> that's happening. That's going on the list. Fucking mint. That's going to play us out. Brilliant. Lads, thanks for your time. Thanks for wasting your Sunday evening with me. No, it's um, great. I had a great time. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. I can't, wait. I can't wait, to, can't wait to see Ollie back back down in that London in the autumn. Dave, yeah, I'm going to see you soon. Let's all meet up for pints. Woo-hoo! It was great. It was great. Yeah. Down for the whole thing, man. The whole I'll be up in Derby at some point. Yeah, yeah it happens. So we'll listen to Sticking in My Eye. Visit Breakout Promotions. Google it, it'll be there. It's got a saxophone and the guitar as the logo. Visit. Yeah, we've got it. We've got our own website, which is breakoutpromotions.com. Thank um, you, Dave. Visit tillthewheels.com. Get your tickets to Till the Fest. Yeah. That hostel, something to do with Lewisham. You might you might be next door to me and we'll have a we'll have a right wild time. It's going to be fucking crazy. Everyone just like in the hostels around Lewisham. <laughs> what, 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 God, I've, I've had too many really bad nights at Lewisham. Um, yeah. One of my... I live here. <laughs> one of my, is, is, there, is there something... Is the um, the Passport Club still open there? I don't know the Passport Club. A lot of the clubs change their names quite a lot. So Yeah, well, we... Um, a friend I went to school with played centre-half for Millwall. Uh, when Millwall at the old den, around the corner from there, and we used to go down quite regularly, end up at <coughs> Passport, which was right. a horrible, horrible 80s nightclub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've had some good nights on Lewisham. Yeah, man. Last, cheers for your time. Been been yeah. a good laugh. Um, yeah, without a doubt. Thanks for doing what you're doing, man. It's fucking cool. It's yeah. fucking uh, right. I've always shied away from interviews, but I've enjoyed this. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? This is, yeah. I, I did this because I was, I like going out and getting pissed and talking to people. We couldn't do that anymore. And, and yeah, it sort of became a thing. And Good. yeah, yeah. Here we are. You Good know. question. <laughs> oh, can I just say, um, as well, at the very end of it, thanks to the two wise, is as, and Noelle and Terry in Germany for helping out with Breakout over there. I'll snip that in. Thank you. Right. Cheers, mate. See you later. Cheers, boys. Guys, Cheers, thanks mate. a lot. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.
San Francisco. That was a good old lol, uh, weren't it? Thanks to Dave and Ollie uh, for sharing their plans moving forward and their experiences of promoting and hosting gigs. Uh, yeah, Niall will be back next week. 
that song you heard after sticking in my eye was uh, the Toy Dolls doing uh, their hit Dig That Groove Baby, uh, which is from the album Dig That Groove Baby. Uh, their live album that it's lifted from is Toy Dolls on stage in Stuttgart. Uh, really good album um, from the classic Toy Dolls lineup, if you ask me, of Olga, Marty, and Gary Fun. Next week, next week, next week. We do have a bit of a big fucking deal at the minute. The Raging Nathans uh, joining Niall, hopefully, and me for a chat. Also confirmed for Series 5 moving forward. Uh, we've got Heavy Seas confirmed. We've got Diesel Boy, former Fat Records uh, boys. Uh, they're they're going to be joining us in a couple of weeks, and we're currently uh, chatting with Pizza Tramp. So fingers crossed that one comes off, as well as a few others we've got in the pipeline. If all the ones that we've had a bit of correspondence with come through this is going to be one hell of a series so get yourselves ready for that to play us out uh as we head off into another uh week we've got well it's the mac lads it's the introductory song from their album live at leeds and it's a classic not for the uh easily offended by swearing say goodbye nobody see you next week Yorkshire puddings with a fucking Maglas, right? And this gig's gonna be recorded for people in Mac to listen to. So let's hear some fucking swearing! We're going. Norman fucking Hunter, eh? Alan Clark! Gary Sprig. Listen, this is about a fucking fat bastard of a woman who come from Yorkshire. She went right from Yorkshire, last, But she liked a runner's field. Because that she worked out serious fun. I got me up. But at the ten point, she was quite fit. Couldn't wait to get me up. So the baby tits, sweaty baby, sweaty baby. So she slapped that and ride the ripples. Massive ass, sweaty breasts, 38 since she was a man in the flesh. 20 many, she's a lot of fun. 20 many, she's got massive side. 20 many, how you smell her breath. 20 many, she cuts your man to death. And I knew that she wanted me for sugar. For Bradford at the back of the scrub, Sweaty Betty! Pick and pay-free! But I've seen that like this is day or above, you 
You know me, I'll shake in the swamp Sweaty Betty, she eats a lot of chips Sweaty Betty, she's got massive tits Sweaty Betty, she's got a huge vagina Sweaty Betty, you feel bust inside Sweaty Betty, Sweaty Betty Yeah, Sweaty Betty, she's so obscene She's such a margarine She's like a lump of She makes me willy up Sweaty Betty, 